Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, it's your girl Cy Brown and welcome to the Cy Brown Morning Show. Today is Monday, November 2nd, 2015. I don't know when you're listening to this show, but if you're listening to it live, happy Monday everybody. Happy beginning of November. Uh, for everybody who is out there trick-or-treating, I don't trick-or-treat. My children have never trick-or-treated. But to everybody who is out there trick-or-treating, I hope you had a safe, safe trick-or-treat night, Halloween night. Um, for those of you who are in the New York City area, we do want to send out prayers to the little 10-year-old girl who was killed in the Bronx with her grandfather. She was out trick-or-treating on Saturday night. And a man jumped the curb and ran over she and her grandfather and another young man who was 24 years old. Um, The mother had two other daughters who were younger, but it was just sad that a little young girl, 10 years old, lost her life. So they sent grief counselors um, to her school, and our hearts and thoughts and prayers are with the mother who unfortunately lost her dad and her daughter in one night. So... We send them love and prayers, and when I listened, I missed it yesterday. I don't know what I was doing on Sunday. I missed the story, but, you know, I'm up by 3.30, 4 o'clock every morning, and uh, when I turned on this morning's news, Monday morning's news, is when um, I heard the story. My husband had already heard it, so um, I guess I I had to do a little bit of catching up. Um, So I wanted to share that, and I also wanted to share um, just one more thing really quickly. If you are going to be in the New York City area soon, hit me up. There's a lot of events going on. I'll be at a fashion show. Um, I'm emceeing a fashion show this coming up Saturday. Um, I'm doing a health and wellness expo the end of this month, and I'm also hosting my own health and fitness expo in New York City, uh, Martin Luther King weekend in January of 2016. So I hope to see y'all faces in the place. <sighs> so I got to say something else too. Um, what is up with Christmas? I swear the minute we turned the time back at 2 a.m. on Saturday, I think these freaking marketers started sending Christmas emails. I woke up yesterday morning and I had an email from Michaels, an email from Walmart, and like two or three other, I think I even had one from like the Chopra Center, Deepak Chopra's Wellness Center, of freaking Black Friday and Christmas sales. And I was so angry. I took to Twitter and I mentioned it. And my husband said, Saida, why would marketers or they, he just said they, want people to even acknowledge Thanksgiving because that's time for family and celebration and bonding, and that's exactly what they, I don't know who they is, but whoever they is, they that's what they don't want. But, you know, there's a lot of truth to what my husband said because this is bogus. How are we just skipping totally over Thanksgiving and going straight from Halloween to Christmas. There's 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 a lot to be said about that. And um, for one, I I don't like it. I I, I don't like it at all. Um, so please, can you try to refrain or can you refrain from shopping on Thanksgiving? I will not support any retail establishment that is open on Thanksgiving. I will not, and I don't, and I have not for the past couple of years because those people are probably the least paid 
in our society, and they are being pulled away from their families so we can get a good sale. Damn it, just wait until Friday. Wait until Black Friday. You know, so anyway, today's show is about wellness. <laughs> so I have to talk about wellness. But, you know, I go off on these little tangents sometimes, and it just really grinds my gears. There's other choice words I can say, but it really does piss me off that that we're so insensitive. Have we gotten to that level of insensitivity where we're just skipping over holidays for the sake of commerce? So I said that. That's how I feel. Y'all know how I feel. Um, and on that note, the chat room is open. So if you are listening to the show live and you want to log into the chat room, please feel free to do so. Go to SideBrownMorningShow.com, and there is a link that will take you right to the chat room. So if we're on live, you can chat with me. Today I'm talking about the seven forms of wellness. And I have studied wellness. Many of you know I opened um, the Brown Center for Success and Wellness a few years ago, actually, and it was a beautiful wellness center in Hoboken, New Jersey, Um, but unfortunately, uh, it was destroyed by Hurricane Sandy. Um, So I posted, I was posting on Facebook when we secured the space, when we were doing the renovations for the space. It was just a beautiful, beautiful space, Um, but after Hurricane Sandy just ravaged Hoboken, which was all over the news, the past train, I ended up closing it and decided not to reopen it. So uh, that was a few years ago. I took some time off, and then that's when I decided to focus a little bit more on fitness. But wellness is something that has been near and dear to me just because I've suffered from depression. My son has suffered from depression. And, you know, it's, you know, I'm not even going into the mental illness part. I'm just talking about the spirit of feeling well just the spirit of being well, of feeling good, of having a positive outlook on life. And, you know, sometimes within our tragedies or in our dark points in life, that's where we find our purpose in life. So when I opened the Brown Center for Success and Wellness, that was actually my goal, to create a haven where people can learn what wellness is, how to practice wellness, and how to weave wellness into the fabric of their lives. So if you have a pen and pencil handy, I'm just going to give you the seven um, forms of wellness, and we're going to talk a little bit about each one of them. The first one, well, they're they're in no particular order. Let me just say this, Um, and you'll find this all on my blog. Um, But the seven forms of wellness are social, emotional, intellectual, environmental, physical, occupational, and spiritual. And again, they're in no particular order. So let me say that one more time. The seven forms of wellness. I would even say the seven character traits or the seven, you know, the seven traits, the seven aspects of what wellness is. Social, emotional, intellectual, environmental, physical, occupational, and spiritual. I am going to start with social wellness because this is the place that I'm that that I'm at in my life right now. Now, you all know that my mother-in-law recently passed away. I did not go over the top. I just put a little note on Facebook, my mother-in-law passed away. And really the only reason I shared it was because I had to cancel my book signing that was scheduled for the city, and I had to let people know why it was canceled, you know. And do you know, as I would log on to Facebook, in the days after that post, and it was not lengthy, 
I noticed so many people posting that this person had died, this person was sick, please pray for them. And it I had to it made me scratch my head like this is crazy. <laughs> like everybody I know can't be dying all of a sudden. Well, that's when I learned about Facebook's algorithm because it troubled me so. I'm like, this really makes sense. Makes no sense. I'm bugging out. Maybe I'm crazy. But then I learned about Facebook's algorithm. And it's very important that you know, and I'm using social media. There's so many other aspects of social, but for the sake of this conversation, I'll probably do a seven-part series on the seven forms of wellness, but I'm covering all seven in this show. Um, That social media, it's a big experiment. And what happens is Facebook in particular, I'm not even going to go into all of the other Snapchats and and Periscopes, but just Facebook in particular because that's one of the most popular, if not the most popular, can really jack you up emotionally if it becomes too ingrained in your life. I had to catch myself that I was getting so caught up that I actually deactivated my account. Now, I have another private account that I use that my team uses, I should say, just to keep my um, fan pages and things updated. But my personal account, I literally had to deactivate. And I said, I'm going to deactivate it for two weeks just because I needed to get my mind right. Sometimes we have to go off the grid. Hear what I'm saying. Sometimes we have to pull ourselves off the grid, and it's not a bad thing. You're not going to miss anything. Don't feel like you're missing out. Fear of loss, F-E-A-R, O-S-L-O-S-S, is a, a, a very real thing that can manifest in our lives. Fear of loss, where you do things because you are afraid that you may miss something. And that's what happens with social media. That's what social media banks on. That's why when you download those apps, and you put it on your phone, it, 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 there's an indicator to let you know, hey, two new people sent you a message, three people responded to your post. It, you don't want to miss out, and what do you do? You log right back on. Social wellness, your, social, your emotional wellness and your wellness in general should not be determined by your social media accounts. Let me say that one more time. Your wellness should not be contingent upon your social media accounts. And if you want to check, if you want to vet yourself, disconnect from social media and see how you feel. That takes us to the next form of wellness, which is emotional. How much do you rely on other people for your wellness? Are you a people pleaser? Oh, my gosh, I was such a people pleaser. I needed everybody to like me and everybody to want to be with me, and that was a huge, huge mistake. You know, in elementary school, I was a very, very smart girl, and I was teased all the time. I hated it, and I developed the need for people to like me and be my friend at a very young age. And I remember, I'm going to say it, (laughs) I remember when I was really little, probably about seven years old, and I would spend the summer at my grandmother's house. I used to wet on myself. Because when I was outside playing, don't forget I'm an only child. At the time I was an only child. Me and my sister are 20 years apart. Um, but when I was seven and six years old, you know, we would, I'd be out in the yard playing, and I would literally wet myself because I was afraid that if I went into the house to use the bathroom, everybody would leave. And I, it wasn't until I was, like, in middle school where, 
not even quite middle school, probably like fourth or fifth grade when I changed schools and there were other really smart people there that I, for the first time in my life, I felt like I belonged. Emotional wellness is so important and your space should not be contingent upon pleasing other people. That takes me to the next place, the next form of wellness, which is intellectual. I'm going to just say this. If you are the smartest person in the room, there's a problem. And I was just talking to a dear friend of mine about a week ago about this. This is not a narcissistic statement. This is not ego. This is not ego. This is reality. If you are the smart, and you'll know if you're the smartest person in the room. If you are the smartest person in the room consistently, there's a problem. You're not growing. You have to be uncomfortable. And it's so easy to be the smartest person in the room because you feel special, you get the pats on the back, and you get the praise and the adoration. But how are you growing? You're really not. I am not a big fan of networking. (laughs) I'm just not. I don't like going into a room where I don't know anybody and just saying, hey, what do you do? It feels so forced and false and coerced and phony, Um, and so I won't do it. (laughs) I just don't like doing it. Now, I'll go to places where I know people, and they're like, hey, this is Cy. Now we're going to, you know, like, hey, what's going on? It's great to meet you. But you know something? I've had to do it. Because there have been times in my life where I realized, Saida, you're not growing. When that phone is not ringing and your bank account doesn't look like you it like it's supposed to, you have to check yourself. That's a sign of complacency. And that takes us to our next place, which is your environment. Oh, this flows so well. Oh, my God. These segues are perfect. And that goes into our environment. I just shared, if you are the smartest person in the room, there's a, consistently, there's a problem. What does your environment look like? You are the average of your five closest friends. And if your environment does not support growth and it doesn't challenge you and the people that you're around are not asking what books you've read. You know, I just saw on television, um, I'm a, oh my gosh, I'm such an avid reader and news junkie. I think I need to start blogging about politics or something or about how the mind works. I just have to start more blogs because my mind is just always buzzing. But, you know, I was just, you know, I saw on television where they said the average American does not read one book a year. Y'all heard what I just said, right? The average American, now I'm not saying, you know, above the median. I'm talking about average. Like you take, you know, 11 people, person number five. Um, The average person does not read one book a year. There have been a couple years where I've probably half read four or five books and never made it through them. (laughs) You know, I pulled out the key points. Um, But it's sad. If you're in an environment that is not encouraging you to read and learn and grow and it's not conducive to your growth, you need to get out of that environment. And that takes us to the next point about physical wellness. You've got to move. You have to move. You have to move your body, be uncomfortable, shift out of that space, physically move. Physically move. Pack your stuff and move. Now, as a certified personal trainer and sports nutritionist, I'm always talking about physical fitness. 
so you can listen to any one of my podcasts and you're going to hear me talk about physical wellness. But in this sense, physical is partially physically removing yourself from your environment so you can be around intellectually stimulating people that help you grow emotionally and socially. I just went backwards uh, through the seven forms of wellness. But it also means getting yourself physically fit as well. Move, squats, push-ups, jumping jacks, walking, those all, you know, when you work out, your body releases endorphins, and that's kind of like the little magic happy pill. All of these things make up your wellness 360 you, the social, the emotional, the intellectual, the environmental, the physical, the occupational, and the spiritual. That's what makes up you, the essence of who you are, your spirit, your soul. You have to be physically fit. Diabetes. Uh, hypertension, high blood pressure, asthma, some of these things are caused by the environment and some are hereditary, and many are you can prevent. I have high, well, not anymore, but I had high cholesterol. My cholesterol was 233, way too high, probably attributed to my love of pizza, partially attributed to my love of pizza. I could eat pizza for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Now I probably have it eh, once every two weeks. And then unfortunately when I do, I kind of binge a little bit, but I can prevent that. Physical exercise, physical movement brought my cholesterol down. It was a choice. Your wellness, who you are, your spirit depends on you being able to be physically capable to tackle the day. And that brings us to our next form of wellness, which is occupational. Studies have shown, and I hate to say it, but I have to, that there is a bias against overweight people in the workforce. They are perceived as lazy, slow, and slothful. Study after study has shown this. I also heard from a very prominent entrepreneur who now has a new TV show coming out that people want to do business with people who they feel are up to the task. Now, granted, I'm speaking more in the space of entrepreneurs, but just think about it. You know, if you're the hiring manager at Barnes & Noble, Do you really want to hire somebody? I'm talking about bias here, not what you would do because we're above that. But, you know, Barnes & Noble, I know there's one by me in New Jersey that's huge. It's two floors. Somebody that can't carry stacks of books or, you know, they're saying somebody needs help and you're moving slowly and then it frustrates the consumer. Like there is a bias. There is a direct correlation between your physical wellness and how successful you are on the job. Think about people who smoke. I remember I got in trouble at work. This was years ago, one of the few jobs, professional jobs I've ever had. But I argued with my boss, not argue, eh, pleaded my case, I should say, that I should be able to leave early. And he said, why? And I said, because I don't smoke. And he didn't get it. I said, well, people that smoke take five and ten minute breaks, smoke breaks throughout the course of the day. So since I don't take those, we should take those minutes, add them up, and let me leave early. And, of course, (laughs) I did not win that argument. But my point was I'm being penalized, and ultimately I'm going to be extremely successful because I don't take those breaks. I'm more alert. I'm more vibrant at my desk. But I'm being penalized and have to work longer just because I don't smoke. I thought it was pretty unfair. Like I said, (laughs) my case was it fell on deaf ears. But think about it. Think about how 
much more successful you could be at work if you had the energy to make it through the day, if you weren't craving sugar at 3 o'clock, all of these things. And that takes us to spiritual wellness. I will say very candidly, I resigned, and I talked about this on the show, my membership at my last church in August of 2007. So I have not belonged to a church since August of 2007. Now, that does not mean I don't go to church. I go to church. I speak at churches. But what, what, what that has forced me to do is actually stay more prayed up because I'm technically, and I put this in quotes if you saw my little air fingers, I'm uncovered. But what that has brought me is the beautiful, brought me into a beautiful place of the exploration of God in my own way. And I really truly believe that your spiritual wellness, you have to come into it on your own. I did not force religion on my kids. Now I made them go to church. I made them go to Sunday school because I wanted, I wanted them to have some type of moral grounding. They went to the Salvation Army daycare when they were too little to go to school and went to the Salvation Army for after-school care up until, you know, they were able to care for themselves because I really felt it was important for them to have some type of moral grounding. And funny enough, my older son was in Catholic school from first to third grade. I had to pull him out when they started teaching too much about Catholicism because I'm not a Catholic and did not want him to really be taught Catholicism. So finally at third grade, I was like, you know what, at the end of third grade, he's not coming back next year. But he was in Catholic school for three years. I believe you have to have some connection to something bigger than yourself to function in this world. It's not about us. There's got to be a way you have to implement. Well, let me recommend, strongly recommend, that you factor in some type of spiritual exploration into your life. I remember writing in my first book that I released in 2003 or 2004, I think it was, From Hip Hop to Heaven, that many paths lead to God. And I believe that to this day. It is up to you to find that path and what God means to you. Because to go with no spiritual grounding in the world, I don't know how people are able to be resilient over challenging situations. I don't know how people, I don't know what people's coping mechanism is. And spirituality and being connected and grounded to something bigger than yourself helps, helps, has helped me as well as many, many people that I have coached over the years. You know, I'm not a, um, a super huge fan of, well, let me not say a super huge fan. I am grateful for all of the recommendations and uh, you know kudos that I get on LinkedIn. But it's really easy to just push a button. Um, and I think it's a recommendation or, or something like that on LinkedIn that LinkedIn has. But I received a recommendation from one of my clients about two years ago that shared with me, that shared with whoever wants to read this recommendation that I handle situations with aplomb, tact, um, discretion. And with this particular individual and myself, 
we were dealing with some deep spiritual issues. And if I had not had some basis, some source to draw my energy from, I don't know how she or myself would have gone through that situation and the situations that we were going through collectively. We were going through situations together. She was teaching me. I was teaching her. We were teaching each other. And so I really believe our ability to cope, our ability to be tenacious, our ability to have that level of stick-to-itness. You know, in my new book, Don't Wait to Lose Weight, I share the two secrets to losing weight. It's discipline and commitment. As <laughs> simple as that, pay 15 bucks, and all I'm going to tell you is to be disciplined and committed. But part of that is being grounded spiritually so when it's hard to be disciplined and it's difficult to stay, stay, stay that road, you have something to feed off of. You have a, a basis for your purpose in life. So spiritual, being, having some connection to the spirit world and what spirit can bring to you is so incredibly important. So the seven forms of wellness as I see it and I have taught are social, emotional, intellectual, environmental, physical, occupational, and spiritual. And I trust that this podcast has answered a query that you've had in your heart. I know it will. If you're listening to this right now and you're hearing my voice, I know with absolute conviction that something that I have said has helped move you from a place where you are to a place you want to be. So I thank you so much for listening. To everyone that's in the chat room, so sorry. I was talking and not even really paying attention to the chat room. Sorry about that, people. Uh, Let me type in, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. I'll just type that in the chat room. So to everybody who's in the chat room, thank you so much for listening. Um, Always remember that we shall pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, that we can do or any kindness that we can show to any human being, let us do it now. Let us not defer or neglect it, for we shall not pass this way again. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you all tomorrow. Oh, also, if you have any questions or any more information on this broadcast, just log on to CyBrownMorningShow.com. Peace. I'll talk to you tomorrow.